Hey, everybody, Council Podcast listeners. We thought it might be a good time to drop a bonus episode. Hey, Jay, what do you think about talking to Titus Welliver for the podcast? Absolutely. But what should we ask him? Mm, oh, we have to ask him about the dog, for sure. You know what I need to know? What's that? I need to know if I'm his, I need to know if I'm his favorite host. Oh, well, I guess we're about to find out. Hey, this is Titus Welliver of the Amazon Prime show, Bosch, talking to you from the Everybody Counts podcast. I don't want to play favorites, but no, no, you both count or nobody counts. It's been a pleasure. Stay tuned. I just want to give a brief intro to my co-host, Jay, who's a good friend, but we've never been in the same room together. We've been doing this podcast for a couple of seasons now, um, but I, I feel like I know him pretty well. So he, uh, he lives in Baltimore. He is an IT whiz. He coaches soccer, loves soccer, and I still think he's a little sore that I got to meet you in February and he didn't. So just got to wait. I need you to come to Baltimore now, Titus. Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. <laughs> right? That's right, man. Come down to the wharf for some crab. Yes. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, I know it well. I've got family there. and My brother lived in Baltimore for years. I spent a fair amount of time there two oh, years back. Oh. I love that. Well, man, yeah, I, so that means I missed you. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't cross paths at the yeah. right time. Well, I really appreciate you coming on with us for the Everybody Counts podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, we, you know, we, you're just a man of your word because we talked about it in Atlanta back in February, and um, you, you said you would, and here you are. So I just really appreciate that. And I think Jay's going to start My us pleasure. off. Let's get into it. So Maddie's early return to college leaves some things maybe up to interpretation. For instance, she might we might say she doesn't know how to be a daughter to Harry as an adult and the choices she feels compelled to make around him. What are your thoughts on her taking some time away? Well, I think there she's somewhat sort of insulating and protecting herself because this, sure. this comes in the aftermath of, of Harry having gone undercover without mm-hmm. any way to communicate with her or the outside world and without really going into, I mean, if you recall, he sort of says, oh, it's not a big deal. You know, right. I'm, I'm just going to get in and get my right. guy and get out. And, mm-hmm. and he, it's, and, and I think that, that's not necessarily him obfuscating. I think that he kind of believes that. I think he's going to kind of dip in and dip out and yeah. and, uh, and and call it a day. But what happens is, is you know, okay. that which we see play out on camera is that things go, go terribly wrong. And so I think right. it's sort of her, it's, it's her kind of survival instinct mm-hmm. of, you know, separating herself and because she says, if you recall, she says, sure. you're all I've got left, you know, yeah. be careful. And he, 
And right. Harry says, I'm acutely aware, acutely aware of that. And here is this, this emotional contract that they have with each other, trying to sort of navigate their, their pain uh, with the loss of Eleanor autonomously, but in some way, you know, uh, together. And, and there's a, there's an element of, I don't know, shock and, Mm-hmm. And then, which is sort of brought on also by a sense of 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 trust that's that's lost. I mean, he's sort of, and it's not it's not an active decision that he's made, and she and she intellectually understands that. Right. But I think the yeah. the trauma is so intense for her; it's her mm-hmm. sort of her most her most paranoid fantasy ultimately kind of comes true. Except the the upside is that Harry isn't killed, right. but a lot of questions are, are asked, you know, we find, Mm -hmm. you know, that he wants to have the conversation. She comes home. He's agitated that she's late and that they're clearly not going to have the conversation. He's, he's a little bit, you know, he's sitting in the dark, drinking in the dark alone and, and is dealing with his own, his own sort of trauma. So it's just sort of interesting. And, and yet her decision Mm -hmm. To do to do that, there's a part of Harry that that understands it, and yet there's a part of him that's saying, "What do you, you know? Don't run away from this. Let's let's sort of let's attempt to, which is a shows a kind of um, you know evolution uh, mm-hmm. to a certain degree of Harry emotionally extending himself to her, and she, you know, once again, I always say the the issue with them is that they're very much alike and that's becoming mm-hmm. sort of abundantly clear yeah. to both of them for for better or for worse. Right. That's, well, that's interesting. Sense. Especially like that duality hmm. kind of that you talked about too, about him understanding but wanting her yeah, that was that's, that makes a lot of sense. Just in that that you know, it's all new to Harry. You know, he he's Yeah. He's always been her her father in the, in the biological sense and certainly mm-hmm. in the emotional sense that he loves her, but now he's raising her and he's raising her somewhat after the fact, because mm-hmm. by the time she comes to live with him, more or less her, the die has been cast um, de- developmentally for her, you know? Sure. And so the, the rest of it is kind of, but he's trying to, he's trying to teach her, but by the same token, he's, He's navigating uncharted waters. Yes, yes. Well, shifting gears just a little bit, why do you think Harry begins looking into Daisy's murder? Would you describe it as more for him or for Elizabeth or some other reason or combination? Well, I think it's a combination of things. I mean, we sort of look at the genesis, you know, an impetus for Harry to become a a cop in the first place is that mm-hmm. he understands, you know, his mother, who was a, who was a mm-hmm. good, was a good human being, who was his entire world. Right. Her murder was, was not, uh, she was just another dead hooker in the eyes of, of, mm-hmm. of the, of, of the cops. And because she's a marginalized part of society being a prostitute, and so, you know, and then we have Harry's credo, which is everybody counts or nobody counts. It's what he he lives by. And it's funny because I just happened to be watching that episode 
um, with my daughter last night and in the scene with, with, with C. Thomas Howell, who plays Lewis Degner, mm-hmm. Harry inquires and he says, who's Daisy? And he goes, well, what are you asking about that? Well, I clocked the, the RIP mm-hmm. you know, tattoo. And he says, well, daughter, you know, there's a whole exchange of dialogue and Harry, right. says, did they, did they solve it? And he says, no. And, and when, when CT and I were discussing that scene, um, together one of the things that i was able to kind of explain to him is i said this has a deeper meaning mm-hmm. because this is this is precisely the reason that harry became a cop you know this is right. that yeah. this was yeah. not met and so we see in that moment i i mean i i hope that we see that i i certainly do but my 13 year old daughter who was watching it with me she absorbed it now she's very sophisticated but mm-hmm. She absorbed it in that moment and she said, Oh, this is she said Harry's gonna Harry's gonna go after he's gonna go he's gonna reopen Daisy's case, isn't he? Yeah. And I yeah. said, Well, we'll see. And she goes, Dad, I know he is. I can tell by the way I, I can tell by the way that he said that. Yeah, sure. And so there 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 is that. And so it's he's doing it A because he sees this devastated, broken woman. Who at 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 some point in life was not that, and now she's damaged to the point of of not of not caring about whether she lives or dies, and he understands that because mm-hmm. the loss that she sustained is beyond is beyond any kind of emotional comprehension or recovery. It's just mm-hmm. it's not, you know. Harry says there's there there is no such thing as closure, but um, but Harry can really relate in that he's like, well, there's definitely no closure here. So the only thing that he can do mm-hmm. is, is obtain, ju- obtain justice. And, and, and we have to imagine, and mm-hmm. as we, as we know, in, in, in the follow-up book in dark sacred night, that's precisely what Harry does. Right. Yeah. All right. Yes. Ooh. Indeed. I love it. All right. So it's my understanding that you suggested that Harry get a dog this season. How did that idea come yeah. about, and how did you pitch that? Well, I. It, it's funny when we did the when we did the pilot, and if you recall, we there was a uh, the late great Scott Wilson's character had a yes. dog that had discovered yes. the, mm-hmm. the remains, a golden mm-hmm. retriever. Calamity whose, Jane. Whose name was. Yeah, Calamity <laughs> exactly. Who's real? Who was actually. A male dog, golden retriever. I have a, a golden retriever. I have okay. four rescued dogs, four rescued cats, and five rescued horses. So I love animals. Wow, awesome. something that 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 I certainly absorb. Uh, all animals have a tremendous capacity, obviously, uh, almost an unconditional capacity for love. But there is something about rescued animals that there is a level of gratitude, and and I, I can't. Mm-hmm necessarily put my finger on it other than I think that there is some something intuitive within these creatures that they mm-hmm. know that that what you've done in extending yourself it has has been that to give them a, a, a wonderful loving life and yeah. I felt that with Eleanor Eleanor gone and Harry trying to figure that all out with mm-hmm. Maddie no longer home and then 
I, I, it, it wasn't a necessarily about let's get, you know, you know, like so many characters in, in television shows have had the family dog. For me, it was mm-hmm. more about that this, that the dog, I wanted the dog to be a reflection in terms uh, and a metaphor uh, of Harry. Mm-hmm. So that, the, yeah. that there would be a kinship there, a recognition of, because I consider Harry to be, a, 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 while he's a great detective, there, there is an emotional part of him that's extremely primitive. There's a, that, there's yeah. a, a, he's a very visceral, hands-on, in-the-moment human being, a guy who also doesn't trust happiness, as lives lives a life day in day out of of the trauma of society dealing with the worst parts of society and the saddest parts of society and and, and right. meeting with people in 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 the most devastating and horrible part of their lives and he encounters this dog in the middle of nowhere that like him uh as 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 a young boy as a runaway as mm-hmm. this survival instinct. In the middle of nowhere is this creature who's managed to get by. And also I wanted that first moment where he where he gives he feeds the dog. Mm-hmm. Um I wanted that to be it's almost hard to articulate, but I wanted that extension for the audience to to see that Harry's credo goes beyond uh in in sure. in human terms, everybody sure. counts or nobody counts. Right. And I wanted there to be, awesome. you know, and then it all, what it does ultimately is it le- it 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 leaves an uh, an opportunity for the audience to to form their own kind of narrative and backstory. Did Harry mm-hmm. have a dog when he was a kid? Do, um, you know, when he was in foster care, was there? I mean, I came up with a million different. Um, ideas and I went to Mike Connolly about it um, and and he liked the idea and so we discussed it with Dan Pine and what's interesting is that 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 idea that gestated and was and then became realized on film mm-hmm. um, it, it really surpassed um, and certainly the, the response from the people who love the show yes uh, has been i mean that dog is trending maybe more than harry and any of the characters <laughs> I know. On the show in social media <laughs> yes but what's nice about it is it's 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 not it's not contrived you know it's not no, like it's not. harry went out and got a got a puppy they came right. in and they and he and they saved each other and they, they, yeah, they, they found literally each other and, and they saved each other yeah and the dog literally, not only does the dog save Harry from being killed, and Harry saves the dog from being killed, but the dog saves Harry. Saves mm-hmm. Harry's, there, there, there is some sense of connection that, and also with Maddie being away, that Harry, right. you can see there's this, there's this, there, there's a part of Harry that, that desperately wants to connect. And mm-hmm. he connects with this dog, but we never see it necessarily. And even in this description, he's he says to Maddie, "Yeah, he's kind of scrappy," you know, which is mm-hmm. sort of like, "Well, yeah, guess who else is kind of yeah, scrappy? yeah, sounds and, familiar." But then also that that 
that Maddie says, and, and, and then there's an odd sort of hope in Harry that the dog will somehow, will, will keep Maddie at home, that, that yeah. she'll kind of go, oh, <laughs> I, I want the dog. And, and the other idea, yeah. which we, because we wrestled with it, it was like, you know, from a production standpoint, you go, then how often are we going to see the dog? Well, Harry's a yeah. cop. So, you know, and he's busy all the time. And I said, hold on, guys. Harry can afford to pay right. a dog walker to come. And yeah. the rest of the time, that dog, that dog is going to be with him. And that's going to be the thing that for when Harry goes home, that's what he looks forward to is getting home you know, having a drink, doing his thing, putting on his music and just sitting with the dog. And the, um, so I don't know. It just, the idea that when the dog, um, when Coltrane leaves in the, during the, the melee, when the, in the, in the, yeah. uh, in the big siege scene, and right. there was talk at one point where they said, let's leave it ambivalent. Let's just have oh, Harry, yeah. And I and I literally said, if that dog doesn't come back, uh, and and we leave it open ended, uh-huh. or we do an Easter egg at the end of the credits, I said, by the way, we're not a Marvel universe film. Nobody's gonna <laughs> yeah. watch the credits all the way through <laughs> to see if there's an Easter egg. I said, if, the, if Coltrane doesn't come back, yeah, there are gonna be a lot of people who also don't come back because what? I said, there's, yeah. you know. Everybody has suffered the trauma of right. having to uh, watch Disney films and and, and uh, as kids and yeah. see, and see Old Yeller and Bambi. And, yep. and the reality yep. is, the dog the dog needs to come back because that's the dog's home, and the dog would know yeah. to navigate back to where Harry was because yeah. it survived all of this other insanity, coyotes and rattlesnakes out sure. in the Salton Sea. The dog now knows where its food is, where its water is, and um, where the love is. Yeah. So you got to bring the dog back. It's not to tie it up neatly so the audience can go, ah, oh, because nobody who I know that has watched the entire season, when we get to that moment when the dog comes back, they don't go, ah, oh, they cry. Because yes. Right, yes. What, right, mm-hmm. what they okay. see is they, yep. they, they go, Oh, Harry might be okay, and and the dog is good because it's all with us seeing Harry returning right. to work. We see him looking at the at the Daisy file, and we know where he's going to go with that. Yeah. And so the the dog's return is for me is the metaphor of hope. The dog represents right. light to a certain degree as well. Sorry, I know I I can't speak in sound bites. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just. No, you know, no, I, it's, I, I get very, it's all good. It's all good. I, I, I'm, I get I'm very passionate about this stuff. I mean, I had full-on goosebumps in that scene, you know, and, and the tears were right there ready to follow. I mean, I, I'm so thankful that you had the foresight of the audience and the storyline to to make that, to make him come home. Because that would have just been agonizing. Well, because the truth is that with well, a yeah, and an animal, you say so much without words it's so powerful so yeah well yeah and that dog's very expressive and i always Uh you know and i remember talking to ernest dickerson and i said the idea that we see harry and he's working he's working that case and that haunting piece of music by the deftones be quiet and drive far away comes up Mm -hmm. and 
And then as we're pulling back and we reveal the silhouette of the dog, we don't cut to, you never see the dog panting and smiling or anything like that. It's all done in a very, in a distant shot so that we mm-hmm. see that this whole thing has been the point of view of the dog seeing that, that Harry's home and that Harry's okay and makes the decision to come in. Harry comes out. We don't see a big reunion. He opens the door. The dog comes in and we smash the black. So, you know, it, it, it mm-hmm. was really, it was, it was not designed in that way to be saccharine or, or manipulative. Sure. Yeah. Kind of the, yeah. kind of the, kind of the opposite. Right. Agreed. Yeah. It, it definitely. No, I love that. it. I think it's brilliant. So let, let me preface this question by explaining myself for a second, and I, I'm guilty. I actually didn't start Bosch until the second season, and the reason for that is I was an avid Bosch fan from the books long before the show, and Tracy bugged me from season one, you got to watch it, you got to watch it, and I'm like, I can't because if they ruin the character, I'm going to be so upset. And so I sat down one night in the middle of season two and I started to watch it and I called her, I don't know, two or three episodes in and I said, oh my God, this is Bosch. This is perfect. <laughs> so kudos to you, man, because it, I was scared to watch well, the well, show because you. I didn't want the book to be taken from me. So you've done I, a great I, I job. Get you that. are I get Bosch that. for me. Well, I, I try um, and I thank you. I thank you for that. But I get that because we all have that. I have that. I exist, I have that same internal prejudice particularly when i when i read a a, a book series the travis mcgee books or the spencer books or Mm -hmm. you know we form our physical idea and of course we all do our own little sort of central casting idea of who should play that (laughs) character and and i and i know that i mean there have been a lot of people who have said that to me um my my younger brother um john huge huge uh has read all the Bosch books um and i'm sure was probably on some level mortified that his older brother was going to take on <laughs> this character that he so that he so loves but my my whole right. my only defense and you know people said aren't you aren't you intimidated and i just said no i'm not intimidated i said if you're intimidated then you're 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 not going to grow you're not going to learn anything and mm-hmm. and you know my my mantra has been from the get go you're never going to please everybody there will be people who will who will say sure. sorry sure. i'm not doing it i mean richard richard kind the actor richard kind is a good friend of mine and we just mm-hmm. actually worked together he's read all the bosch books and interestingly enough i at some point ran into him and said oh yeah i'm i'm, I'm doing this show bosch and he said what you mean the books? And I said, yep. And he went, Oh, wow. I can't wait to watch that. You know, I've read all the books cut to a year or almost two later. He, he meets Michael Connolly and he's going, he's gushing to Connolly about mm-hmm. how much he loves the books and, and he's read them all and this and that. And Connolly says, well, uh, so the, you must like the show. And you and he said, you know, and Titus is a friend of mine. And Richard very honestly, without pausing says, I can't watch the show. Oh. I can't watch it. <laughs> I, I, I haven't seen wow. it, but I can't watch it because. So in the meantime, Connolly comes back and tells me that. And I say, that's son of a bitch. He told me that he couldn't wait to watch it. And so <laughs> when, I, 
I saw Richard and I, uh, you know, in a very playful way because I understand it. Even if mm-hmm. he said to me the same day, I love you, Titus, but there's no way I'm ever going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I get that. I get that passion for something. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad that, that, that the show has been, you know, received in the way that it has. And I think one of the things is that we very, uh, you know, from the get go, um, when I was certainly was asked about if I wanted to change anything, um, you know, my immediate response was, why do you want, why would I want to change? Why would you want to change anything? I mean, this character is very clear. That's why I'm, I said to them, I said, I'm here, I'm in, I want to do this because I, I knew who Harry Bosch was immediately and I connected to, to who he was. And, you know, there are certain physical aspects and some ideas. But that being said, I've, I've done my best to, to interpret the character on some level as an actor. You have to kind of try to make it your own. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, Harry, the Harry in the books always wears a suit. He's got a mustache and, um, which frankly, I, every time I say, I want to do a season with a mustache, they go, Oh, no, 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 no. Be, you know, I don't, we don't think the audience would, would, would like it with, like it with a mustache. So I, you know, I, 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 I got around that by Harry growing a beard while he was on right. suspension and we, yeah. we got a glimpse of him with a mustache. I mean, never say never. I'm, I'm, I'm still going to go back, right. you know, um, into the writer's room this season and say, can we do a half a season? I, cause for me, there's, there's, when I read the books and I've read all the books now, some of them twice, mm-hmm. there's, um, it's a little bit of a thing of be careful. Um, when you let an actor look at the, look at the source material, because I'll find stuff in, in the books that we haven't, ultimately mind when we're doing the adaptation and they'll say, you know, in chapter X, Harry, there's a great exchange with Irving or some, or some character. we got to put that in there. And so it becomes that thing where they're like, Oh God, what's he going to, what does he want now? What's he, he wants to put that back in or, you know, but I'm, 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 I'm joking because it's such a truly collaborative effort. We, we do, yeah, we do talk about that stuff. And, um, there, you know, it's in, in that regard, it's just, it's, it's kind of pure gold, but that there's another long winded way of responding to, you know, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that you, you know, gave it a shot and that it, that it ultimately, you know, serviced, you know, that which you, but I understand yeah. the apprehension and I am, I embrace it. I'm the, I'm the same way. I'm the absolute same way. Yeah, I didn't want you to think I was a jerk. <laughs> Not at all. And look, I, I, I've had strangers on the street say to me, you know, yeah, I didn't want to watch it. And I've read all the books and, and I, I knew your work. I mean, I like your work as an actor, but when I, when I saw you on the poster, I went, well, I like him as an actor, but I, he is not Harry Bosch. And I'm happy, I'm happy to report to you that, that you are Bosch. And I always, I, like, I don't know how this conversation is going to end. Where's this going? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I can offer if you want us to campaign for the mustache. You got the dog, and if you need any social media assistance, <laughs> campaign for the mustache. We're here for you. Um, so that would be that would be cool. We can do that. So this is a, a definitely a, a lighter question, um, and you just snuck one in of Richard Kind. 
Um, we've heard some of your amazing impersonations. Do you perform impressions of any of your Bosch castmates? Uh, you know, <laughs> I think if I really, I, I, I think I sometimes <laughs> might, and it, it's, it, it's not, it's not intentional. Okay. Um, you know, yeah. Lance Reddick, of course, Lance Reddick, of course, comes to mind. Yeah. Because Lance has su- such an amazing voice that has this tremendous gravitas. Yeah. I, yes, it, it does. It's more one of those things where. I always get a kick out of it. I mean, Lance and I, you know, we've both been, we've been friends for a long time and we've been kicking mm-hmm. around and we have so many mutual, mutual friends. So those that know Lance, uh-huh. know Lance, but I have other friends who've not worked with him or have never met him. And they go, he must just be so intense. And I'm always <laughs> happy to report. And I go, and I say, no, he's not. And they go, what do you mean? And I go, well, he's not <laughs> intense. He's yeah. He's a nerd. He's a giant geek and a nerd. And they go, huh? And I go, you th- you think I'm bad with comic books and science fiction? I was like, yeah. open open up. Case in point, Jerry Ryan comes on to the show, joins the cast in the second uh-huh. season. Lance is a huge Star Trek fan. Okay. Yep. So he says to me, he's, he's I'm coming out of my trailer and he goes, I can't believe that Jerry Ryan is, is, is playing Veronica. And I go, oh, I, and Jerry's an old friend of mine. I did Voyager. So I said, uh-huh. oh, I know we're so lucky to have her. I said, she's, she's Veronica Lake. She's Raquel Welsh. She's, she, I, I said, man, she's like the quintessential noir femme fatale. Right. She's going to kill yeah. this part. And Lance goes, she I know, I, she's in the makeup. She's in the makeup trailer. And I go, yeah, so? Yeah, I know. I know she is. Oh, I, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't met her. And I say, well, why don't you just Lance is going to the trailer and say hello? And Lance literally goes, No, I can't. I can't. And it was. It was. It, it was one of the many times that Lance has, has has been endearing in front of me, where I look at him and I go, This is why I love you because nobody knows mm-hmm. this about you except yeah. your 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 family and your inner circle of friends. We got in there and into the trailer. I introduced him, and he was—you would have thought he was a ten-year-old at a comic book convention. I mean, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but every now and then, I'll—I'll—I'll I'll, I'll, I'll slip in a little Chief Irving. Mike—I mean, good old—you um, know—Troy Evans. Yes. Yeah. Barrel, Crate and Barrel uh-huh. are kind of—they're easy. Troy and I have been friends for many, many years. So uh, I, I think it's less of me doing an impression of Farrell and more of, of Troy. Because Tr- yeah. Troy is hilarious. He He's hilarious. He, He's, <laughs> he, has the, he has the most incredible heart, too. He's one of the kindest, sweetest people on the planet. But he has these expressions that he pulls out of his <laughs> Montana pocketbook yeah. that... that Sometimes where I will literally look at him and I'll go, "That's Montana," and he'll go, "Oh yeah, of course, of course." Of course. <laughs> um, so he's, but I, yeah, I guess I don't really necessarily okay. do, yeah. Although, but you know, sometimes my my castmates will try to set me up and get to get me to respond to them uh-huh. in the voice of uh, Christopher Walken or Pacino. Okay, or, yeah, I yeah. might I, I might occasionally do that. 
just for <laughs> just to amuse them in a moment. Okay. Um, I because I, I, I certainly do not attempt to be professional in between um, setups. I'm, I'm quite the opposite. <laughs> Probably very distracting and, oh, and uh, ridiculous. <laughs> But, That's it, good but information. It, it makes the day go faster. There you go. You, know, you have to, you don't want to lose your sense of humor and the seriousness of things. And, you yeah. know, the, given the subject matter of what exactly. we're creating on this show and the length mm-hmm. of the days, uh, silliness goes a long way, just like a good cup of Death Wish coffee. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we don't want to keep you too long, but we usually finish our interviews with sort of a, a silly lighthearted game and if you have time jay's going to cue that up for you um all right your call you got that okay all right jay yeah i'm always i'm always up for it so so this one is these are these are tough because there's no right or wrong answer and normally what we do with your castmates is we give them scenarios and they have to pick between characters to answer in the scenarios or maybe the actors themselves but since we have harry bosch himself on the phone we have some scenarios for you, and your answers, your choices are either yourself, Titus Welliver, or Harry Bosch. So those oh are okay. multiple choice answers for these scenarios. Um, and they just well, that's not so multiple. One, so no pressure. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. It's more than one. This or that? Yeah. There you go. All right. I'm gonna start you off. Who is more likely to binge Amazon's Jack Ryan on their day off, Titus Welliver or Harry Bosch? Titus Welliver. Okay. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Very good. Great. What about what about this? The Los Angeles Times needs a new food and restaurant critic. Who do you think would be the better uh, restaurant critic, you or Harry Bosch? Uh, no, that's definitely a Harry Bosch. That's that's definitely Harry Bosch. Okay, okay. Fair Love enough. Um, so adult coloring books are now a thing. If there was a coloring contest, who would win? I think I know that. Oh, I would it. definitely. Titus Welliver would definitely win. Yes, yes. I Titus Welliver. Because also, okay. let's not forget... Harry, you know, as 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 one of the characters this season says, "Oh yeah, Harry Bosch, he doesn't color inside the lines." So <laughs> right, we know that he right. was coloring. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, it's in the and material. The way, do, I, uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't color inside the lines either. But I'm. I would. I think I would be definitely be better at that than Harry. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, you have some fabulous art out there. So we we've seen some of well, that. Thank and, you. Um, True story. Right. Keep it up. All right, Jay has one more. All right, last one for you. Last one for you. This might be the toughest one of them all. Uh, Word on the street, I think it was after episode two, is there's a perfectly good Merce up for grabs after Billets told Pierce to lose the Merce. So who is more likely to find a use of that Merce now? Would that be you or Bosch? Bosh, she's going to fill it up with biscuits to take on a walk with Coltrane. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. I I should have thought of that, Jay. I should have thought of that. Perfect for that. All That's of Coltrane. Too amazing. Oh, no. He would, Harry could completely repurpose that mirth. Yeah. Filled with, with, with biscuits, no doubt. Yes. Yes. I love it. We, there, there is a, I think I love that answer. 
Yeah, there's a campaign going to save the MERS. We call it, and we've got MERSgate. You know, it's just it's become a big deal on social media. Yeah, so. poor, poor Dewan. He, yeah. he, you know, he, the thing about Dewan is he, <laughs> he's like a little brother to me, despite mm-hmm. the fact that he's, you know, he's a colleague, and I have enormous respect for him. He's hilariously funny. Um, I mean, I don't. People don't necessarily know this about him, but he, he is the master of straight face replies. And we Ooh. all kind of, everybody has, um, has a, has a, 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 a soft spot. Paul Calderon and I, and Jamie Hector mm-hmm. particularly torment him, um, <laughs> in the, in the, in the best part, because our, our, our affection for him runs very deep. First of all, yes. he's a, uh, you know, I remind people that also one of the first scenes I shot as Harry Bosch was with him and the pilot. That's right. That's when, right. He's with the suicide, the when the girl, she killed herself, she shot herself in the car. Yeah. Um, and the 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 genesis of, of that character um, mm-hmm. has been so, and, you know, Truth be known, it's it's a, a testament to Dewan's um, tremendous talent, uh, his gift as an actor. That could have been a one a one scene shot with anybody mm-hmm. coming in mm-hmm. and never to be seen again. And there there is just there there is something about. I mean, he has great presence on screen, but there is a humanity. Exactly. And vulnerability, yeah. but mm-hmm. also a, a toughness. You see a guy mm-hmm. who's evolving. Um, mm-hmm. And for me personally, to watch the Juan's realization of that character to where he is now is just so exciting. Mm-hmm. But I torm- but we torment him. <laughs> I, yeah, don't don't tell him I said any of these nice things about him because. It'll make him so intolerable because he's finally, he's finally starting to, he's, he's more than confident enough now that he gives it back to Calderon and Hector and I, and we're always kind of, okay. Yeah. yeah, We're always indignant when he, when he, he takes the position. Um, So I have more to want. If that, if that campaign succeeds and everybody wants them to have the merch back, I'm get, I can't wait to hear him screaming in the makeup trailer. I'm not wearing that damn merch again. <laughs> <laughs> Although he fully he fully embraced the merch. He has embraced. He made it work. He, he yeah yeah. Well he he, yeah. he took he took something that could have been um, just an endless tagline of a joke. But, right. You know if you if you if you watch because Dewan is such a smart actor. He mm-hmm. never lets Pierce comment on the Merce. Mm-hmm. So what we end up doing is we've, we, we've accepted it fully so that even then when one of the characters cracks on it, we kind of, we find ourselves as the audience going, well, leave him alone. You know, yes, well, that's you know, true. Right, right. So what, it's, yep. a, it's a gift from his wife because she, <laughs> she wants him to do well. Yeah. Yep. So it's kind of wonderful that the Merce has now taken on its own little uh its own little spot in in the pop culture of, of the bosch world oh, sure absolutely has thank you titus <laughs> you've been absolutely amazing man an absolute mm-hmm. treat 
and come back to Baltimore and say hi to me, man. Yeah. I'll buy you some crabs. Hey, no, I'm, I, all right, you, look, you know what? You throw crabs in the mix, I, I, I'll <laughs> drive there? there on a bicycle. <laughs> Sweet. Awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, well, I appreciate you guys it. having having me on, and thank you for all the support. You know, for the show, yes. it's, it's amazing what you guys do on Twitter, and 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 extend our our whole fan base and everything. And it's the dedication does not go unnoticed, and uh, oh, you, you know, and everything really. It, it's great. And thank you for those yeah. those cool the the Bosch trading cards. Oh yeah, um, I gotta I gotta make some more <coughs> characters. There you go. There you yeah. go. Love it. Love All right. It. Well, you well, keep giving again. us the seasons, man, and we'll keep supporting you. Absolutely. That's, right. a, that's the deal. Done. You take care. Done and done. All right, you guys, you take care. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks, Titus. Take care, buddy. Bye.